right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Overflow Beyond the Music. I am your host, Josh McCabe. Thanks so much for hanging out. Glad you're here. Really excited about this episode today. We've got a great guest by the name of Henry Seely. He is uh, the lead pastor at The Belonging Co. alongside his wife, Alex Seely. His wife, Alex, has written books. Henry's produced a ton of records. He's written a ton of songs. He was uh, the worship leader of Planet Shakers for a long, long time, which is where I first recognized his name from. And he's also the pastor of my church. So it's really uh, an honor to have Henry on the podcast today. And he shares a lot about his journey, shares a lot about pastoring the church and what that's like. And I thought one of the things that's really interesting it's just sort of the process in how he learned how to get uh, into music production. You'll really, really enjoy that conversation. But I also want to say a huge thank you because our last episode with Paul and Hannah McClure at Bethlehem Music was one of our most downloaded episodes. It was our, I guess, most downloaded for its early release. Obviously, some of our earlier episodes probably have the most downloads because they've been out longer. But this one had the most downloads in its first week. So thank you so much to everyone who listens to this podcast faithfully. It means a lot to us. And a lot of you are finding out about it because you are subscribed. So wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it be Spotify, uh, Apple, or iTunes Podcasts, or Stitcher, or whatever, make sure that you are subscribed so that you know exactly when another podcast comes out. Also, check us out on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. Overflow BTM is where you'll find us on there. Overflow BTM on Instagram, Overflow BTM on Facebook, Overflow BTM on Twitter. That's all our social media. Make sure that you're giving us a follow because we would love, love, love to hear from you. Now, a couple of things I want to get into quickly before we fully dive into this episode. A lot of people have been talking about Kanye West's new album, Jesus is King. I've had the chance to listen to it a few times, and I got to tell you, I like it. I think it's great. I love that people are talking about Jesus. I love that he is uh, being authentic in his art form. You know, if we want to get really technical and uh, and go, oh, well, I believe what I see in Kanye's lifestyle. You know what? He's on a journey just like everybody else is. And if he slips and falls, if he has some, some days that are not his proudest moments, I hope there's a Christian community people have grace and uh stick by him because i man, i'm he's such a great artist and i'm so glad that he is using his talents and his abilities and his gifts to serve the lord and i think that's so great if you haven't checked out his record jesus is king make sure that you check it out you'll love it he just did uh one of his sunday services at joel osteen's church in houston it was a huge attendance a bunch of people got saved and this is good. This is good for the kingdom. This is good for music. This is good for Christians. This is good for the church. This is good for the mainstream, quote-unquote, secular world, whatever you want to say. I I just think, I hope Kanye keeps doing it. I hope he keeps doing his thing, and I hope we keep praying for him, and I hope we keep lifting him up and supporting what he's doing with Sunday services, because he, he is bringing the gospel to to a different crowd, and a crowd that, that maybe has never heard of Jesus or has not been around church for a long time. So I support it. I'm all about it. I'm for it. Do not cancel Kanye. No canceling Kanye. One of the other things I saw this week that was pretty cool, though, is the CMA Awards happened in Nashville. And no, those are not the Christian Music Awards. They are the Country Music Awards. It took place at the Bridgestone Arena. And um, as part of the night, Dolly Parton came out and did a performance, and she brought out two guest artists with her. She did a song, uh, a remake or a remix, sorry, of uh, God Only Knows with For King Country. She's on that on the recorded version. It's nominated for a Grammy this year. 
she uh, brought out Joel and Luke for, for King Country. They sang the song God Only Knows, and it kind of pauses for a second. And then she brings out Zach Williams, who sang the song uh, There Was Jesus, and Dolly Parton sings on that on the album as well. Just a, such a cool moment, showcasing some of the best voices in in faith, and faith-based music and Christian music or whatever you want to call it. Zach Williams for King Country. You know, I just think it's awesome when we as a faith community of musicians who who have written songs that identify their faith and, and have impacted the church, I think it's so awesome when we get to bring that to a different world like country music and share what we're about and showcase that. And so big shout out to Dolly Parton for bringing out for King Country, bringing out Zach Williams and showcasing some of the best in Christian music. Of course, Zach has a new album out that just came out recently called Rescue Story. And actually, just a side note, one of my favorite EPs I've been listening to lately is Zach Williams' Live at Harding Prison. It is so powerful, and he does a bunch of his songs, you know, like Chainbreaker and all stuff, but he does a version of No Longer Slaves, and you need to go on YouTube. You need to check out the live video for that. It'll move you to tears. It is so powerful as you just see these prisoners being led in worship to the song No Longer Slaves, and Zach just uh, clearly has a heart for that. There's some major Johnny Cash vibes in the videos and, and in the artwork, and I love it. I love it. I love it. And I really can't wait to try and get Zach on this podcast. We've, we've already been talking with this PR team about having him on, and uh, I know it's going to happen. We just got to find the right date. So don't you worry. We'll be having Zach on for sure. And third and finally, before we get into this week's guest, uh, the Grammy nominations are out for this year's Grammy Awards. And uh, I found all this information, including just all this new stuff I'm talking about, I found it on newreleasetoday.com. So make sure you check that out. They have a ton of great Christian music uh, news. And I love how they're they're not even just making sure it's just this, you know, CCM or whatever. They have a ton of indie stuff on there as well. Uh, and making sure to highlight opportunities uh, that, that artists who are in the faith world are, are interacting with artists in the country world. And this year's Grammy nominations are out. And I see nominations from Casting Crowns for King Country, Danny Gokey, Zach Williams, Torn Wells. For Best Contemporary Music Album, uh, we have Crowder's I Know a Ghost for King Country's Burn the Ships, Danny Gokey's Haven't Seen It Yet, Chris Tomlin's Holy Roar, and finally, Toby Max, The Elements. And if you don't know what uh, Toby Max has been going through lately, you might be living under a rock, but he recently lost his son, Truett, and it's just a, a really heartbreaking thing for the family, for those who know Toby. I, I don't know Toby personally. I've had the chance to meet him a few times and, and always had great conversations with him. know a lot of people that do know him, and uh, he actually lives not far from where I live in Franklin, and there was flowers and all the stuff outside his house in, in memory of his son, Truett. But uh, if you get a chance to to just take a moment uh, and just pray for their family, pray for Toby McKeon or Toby Mack and his family as they just navigate what life is going to be like without his firstborn. Uh, as a father myself, I cannot even imagine the pain they're going through, and my heart just goes out to them. So please, please, please take some time and pray and think about that family um and also just support buy his music buy tickets i know he's canceled a bunch of tour dates i don't blame him have grace be praying and support toby mac and his ministry All right, well, let's get into it. This is episode number four in season three of the Overflow Beyond the Music podcast. Would you please welcome to the podcast 
Henry Seeley from The Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee. All right, well, it's my honor to bring on to the podcast Overflow Beyond the Music, uh, probably a different dynamic from from the other conversations we've had, but I get to introduce him as uh, my pastor, uh, the the guy that, uh, that I gladly allow to speak into my life along with his wife, Alex. Uh, please welcome Henry Seeley to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here with you, man. Man, I'm glad to have you, and uh, I just want to start off by saying I, I've talked about um, our church a lot on this podcast uh, <laughs> because I end up having people from our church on it a lot. Yeah. And uh, I just want to say I'm very thankful for, for what you and Alex have sowed into the city of Nashville, along with a lot of other, a lot of other great leaders. Yeah, we honestly, we're just honored to be here and be part of you know, what God's doing in this city. We've uh, been here seven years, I guess now, started church five and a half years ago, and you know, just realizing that even what we're getting to see now and build on is has really just been decades and decades of people that have you know, tilled the ground here and just dug deep wells for this mm-hmm. city to experience you know, what we're experiencing in, in God right now, and so we're just so grateful to be part of, of that landscape here in Nashville. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting because when... Um when I visited Nashville before my early 20s, I think I spent a summer here, and I would, would try and find a church, uh, it, was, it was different mm. because uh, this, is, this is not Canada. This is not Australia. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not sure if you found it the same in Australia, but, but when, if you're in, you're in, and if you're, you're out, like you're all out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And here there's a little bit more of a gray area. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the things that we found quite different uh, moving to Nashville, Australia, for the most part, is a very you know unchurched nation. It's only a you know a few percent of people uh, would go to church in Australia, and so you know it's one of those things. If you called yourself a Christian in Australia, you were you you had to live that. Otherwise, yeah. the non-believers around you would remind you, you know, hey, you call yourself a Christian, kind of thing. Yeah. Where what we found interesting here in Nashville, it was it, it was like everywhere we went we just found people that went to church and so we were like god why did you send us to nashville everybody's already saved you yeah know, that's kind of what it felt like and not to say that you know there aren't a lot of people here that really do have a very genuine faith in god mm-hmm. um but i think you know just the the cultural side of christianity seeing people come out of what what they've just lived in their whole life because you know that's what they did or that's what you do in the south i think seeing people really you know, fall in love with Jesus and, and have a personal awakening to Him uh, in their lives, I think has been one of the, the real beautiful things about being here. Yeah, I think um, what I love about about um, the belonging and is, is even just how prophetic the name is. And, and as an outsider coming here, yeah. uh, moving from a new country, yeah. I, I truly do feel like I belong yeah. in it's to the point that if I'm if I'm working in the city or, or at the studio on Tuesday night, uh, and it's you know six thirty seven o'clock, <laughs> I might just call my wife and go, I think I'm just gonna go to church tonight just by yeah. myself. Yeah, <laughs> and I've never gone and sat alone. Yeah, it's awesome. It's amazing. Well, and we you know obviously that doesn't happen by accident. We want to be really intentional about that and. 
you know, hopefully that's been most people's experience. I'm sure not everyone has necessarily felt that for whatever reason, but we are. It is one thing that we really, you know, we want to be intentional with our, our team and our leaders, our staff about, you know, just engaging with people. People mm-hmm. aren't a commodity. You know, the whole reason we exist as a church is to build community and to point people to Jesus. And so, you know, we want to absolutely do our best to to make people feel that. And and the reality is, you know, as much as we want them to feel like they belong in our church, the the, the bigger picture is that they're not belonging to us. They're not belonging to an organization. They're not belonging to a church yeah. name. We belong to Jesus. And that's, you know, that's actually where we find our sense of belonging. I had, a, I had a pastor tell me one time, um, I think this is true of, of churches, volunteers, musicians, bandmates, record label partnerships, whatever that looks like in, in both the church world or in the music industry side of things, that uh, we get to shepherd people mm. until God says it's someone else's turn. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. when you kind of look at it that way, yeah. Yeah. you can never be offended no that's right when someone leaves because you go no god god said it was someone else's turn to shepherd them yeah they they may think it was their decision yeah (laughs) but it was ultimately bigger than us and that's the thing you know at some point you know we were being shepherded by someone else we've got people in our congregation that at some point were being shepherded somewhere else and you know god's brought them to our house for a season however you know obviously we pray that that season's a long season but of course you know we've had people in our church that have only been in nashville for six months and the six months with us you know completely impacted their life and now they're living in another part of the country or the world and doing great things for god but Mm -hmm. you know we just want to pour out as much as we can in whatever time we have people with us yeah that's awesome and and, emil uh the story and and the heart of uh how you arrived here in nashville is um i mean it's why i love doing this podcast because i think there's a lot you can learn about 15 year old so and so and 18 year old so and so and 25 year old (laughs) so and so that impacts who they are today yeah um, and I want to I want to play a little something because I want to take you back to uh, ninth grade. Wow! In in Canada um, <laughs> and uh, MSN Messenger. Do you remember MSN oh, Messenger? Man. <laughs> like AIM or like I, yep. uh, AOL Messenger, all yeah. that stuff. And a buddy of mine, um, I I apologize, it probably was illegal. He sent me this MP3. <laughs> he says you you got to hear this song. And we need our youth worship to sound like this. And I just want to know what goes through your head when you hear this. <laughs> yeah, well, we, uh, we're going back a long way like, right now. A long way. That, that's some hip-hop. There. I mean, it's, it's a sound. It is a sound. I love it. I'm not totally sure what that sound is, but it's a sound. It was, uh, no, it was actually a very significant time in our lives yeah and uh that was it was really it was one of the first you know energetic kind of up songs that i think i'd ever written in my life yeah so it was uh in fact when i did the demo for that song this is how long ago it was i showed our team on a from a cassette that's how nice. long i recorded Amazing. it to a cassette so well i'm i just like i think it's so interesting because it was so it was such a unique sound yeah. and um it was highly influential for me because you're looking at these movements happening in mm. other parts of the world and you're looking in Canada going, why can't God do yeah. the same thing here? Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to sound like a fan, but I have to say that, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that at all. More yeah. so that it was, it was hugely influential, um, especially, you know, the record that you released and were part of with Planet Shakers called Open, the, uh, Open Up the Gates. Yeah. Um, that 
like it takes me right back to high school and leading those songs in youth ministry and um they made those songs made their way to canada but what i thought was really cool about it was uh you were producing it as well yeah 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 and that was you know i i guess when i got saved which was i i I came into a youth ministry when i was 16 which was run by pastor russell who you know was the, the guy that started planet shakers and this is before planet shakers began and i spent two and a half years in his youth ministry in fact involved in it really before i i want to say i got on you know set on fire for jesus you know i was still living my own thing but a few weeks before i was 19 i had a really radical encounter with with god and from that moment i just it was like i just said god whatever you want from my life it's yours it's dangerous so it it is dangerous but you know I, i i came on staff a year later but even then i mean we just had no there was no parameters there was no you know, we had no guidebook, no playbook to look to, especially in Australia. Like at that time, the only, I think the only church that I knew of that even had, you know, worship people on staff was Hillsong Church in Sydney. Right. And, um, you know, I was, we were part of a large church in Adelaide at the time. And, you know, I think we had one guy that oversaw the whole, you know, church worship, but there was, an, I didn't know of a single person in the youth area in any church that was getting paid to be a creative. Right. And so when I came on staff, you know, Pastor Russell was just like, you know, two years in a row, he was like, I've got this vision to do this conference. Really what started out for our own personal youth ministry or our own local church youth ministry the first year, but we pretty quickly began to see that God wanted to do something bigger than that, but none of us had any idea. And so we were just like, let's just go, you know, like we'll just figure it out along the way. And so even when we started uh, releasing music it wasn't because we had some grandmaster plan of you know trying to take over the world it really was hey this is what god's doing in our youth conference right now with our young people let's just hit record and see what happens yeah and so you know we were writing these songs that were just a you know really just a soundtrack they were just the, mm-hmm. the voice to what god and was doing fun in our along yeah, the way. yeah you know and i'd never heard something like we wrote with Shake the Planet. I'd never really yeah. heard some kind of, you know, rock slash hip hop slash yeah. bunch of white kids in Australia doing something that, you know, we had no parameters for. And so I, I think just jumping into that and, and trying to figure that stuff out and not even really having anyone that we knew, you know, studio or engineer wise that, that had their head around this stuff. So right. I was just learning everything that I could from people. And so, you know, when we did the Open Up the Gates record, I basically set up a studio in my house and I'd only worked on maybe two records before that. But, you know, we we built this drum room in my garage and, you know, I I wrote and played almost everything on that whole album. I I think I even played drums on a couple of songs. And it was just like this huge experiment just to put voice to, you know, these songs that God was giving us. You know, I think it was it was a wild realization to to think back and think, man, I'm sitting there in my basement of my house trying to figure this stuff out, and yet God, in His kindness, would take these songs and just you know put them wherever He needed them to go. And, and it's been uh, it's been a long time of just doing that same thing. Well, it's funny because, and again, I I bring this into context because uh, I feel like there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that can find themselves in this story and listening to music, but but being a teenager in high school, not only listening to these songs to 
to want to uh, lead in my church, but learning, finding out that my dad's best friend put a studio in his basement yeah. and put Pro Tools in there and said, yeah. have at her whenever you want. He yeah. had like Avalon 737s yeah. and Royer mics and like great setup, floating, yeah. like floating floors, everything. Yeah. And at 17, I said, I'm just going to figure out how to use this. Yeah, yeah. And, and I remember listening to even that album, and it's so funny you say that you'd only done a couple before that because it sounds, and it's mixed, and sounds so good Yeah, yeah. for you just figuring things out. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about about just figuring it out. Yeah, yeah. Just going and doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that was the thing for me. Like, it, it was, it's that age-old thing of, you know, of uh, necessity is the mother of invention. Yes. Of like, you know, when you don't know, you just go and figure out how it needs to be done or a better way to do it. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of things that I look back and I'm like, man, if I'd been in a town like Nashville, you know, 20 yeah. years ago or whenever that was, it probably would have been a different situation. But I think God was, he was intentional and in like, hey, I'm going to let you figure some of this stuff out on your own because uh-huh. you're going to get to do it a different way and, and you know, pave a new, uh, a new pathway. And I feel like that's, you know, for Alex and I, that's really been something that we've just found has been a recurring theme in our lives. God's like, hey, I'm just going to send you somewhere with not a whole lot of, you know, not a whole lot of signposts, but I'm, yeah. I'm going to put something in you that says, you know what, we're going to just pioneer. We're going to get in there and figure out how to do this. Well, and, and, and I look at it this way, too. If if you had a big church building here in Nashville, which uh, I know we're, we're moving towards, which is going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, but I look at when, and for those of you who don't know uh, what the church is like, it we meet at Rocket Town, and it's there's just all these parking lots, like not big parking <laughs> lots, like mini parking lots everywhere, like uh, convenient Seven Eleven size exactly. parking lots, and we have this massive army of parking team yeah. that make it so easy for people to find a parking space, yeah. get inside, and it's the first point of contact. If you had this big, beautiful, laid out parking lot, yeah. those people wouldn't get to serve. Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't get to have that first connection yeah. where somebody feels welcome right away. Yeah. And um, it's it's amazing how like the dilemma led to yeah. to actually something beautiful being Absolutely. created out of it. Yeah, yeah. People have said to us even in this season right now. Obviously, we are as a church. Uh, we, we purchased the building and we're working towards having that finished up. Hopefully, within the next you know six to eight months. But people have often said to me that they're like, you, you must be so excited to be able to get in a venue and, you know, not have to do bump in and bump out. And yeah. I'm like, maybe. I mean, I am. Absolutely. We're so excited about yeah. it. And yet there's something so amazing about being in a season where you, you know, are having to load in and out mm-hmm. and you are having to, you know, do all this stuff because what you're actually doing is helping build community. And yeah. so much of the community that we have, even in our worship team, our production teams, uh, is because people have just been, you know, there early, staying late, hanging, yeah. you know, setting up together and getting to know each other. And it's, you know, I think if there's one thing that I always want to be mindful in our church is to always be giving people an opportunity to serve because right. it's not, you know, I've seen some places where that's been maybe a little overdone and people can get burnt out. But I think yeah. if you can do that right, that's actually such an important part of the, the community aspect because when, you know, when you've got the same heart and the same end goal and you get to do it together and then mm-hmm. you all get to be part of the win, you know, seeing people get saved or seeing, you know, people encounter God like we do and, you know, all these sorts of things. Things. It's not just Alex and I. It's not yeah. even just our staff. It really is. I mean, we have almost a thousand volunteers serve in the life of our church. Yeah, of course. And I'm thankful for every one of them because this—that's they're part of building community. Yeah, 
I want to talk a little bit about sort of why (laughs) the common question you find when people move to Nashville is why are you here? And usually yeah. they say, we're not sure yet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is definitely a common theme here in this town. And I, I, I write a book on that. Yeah. I'm still trying to work out for most people whether they, they know, but they're, they don't want to speak it out loud in case it doesn't come to pass. Mm. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of insecurity in it. Or if they're like us, where well, you just really didn't know. Like when yeah. we, you know, we had obviously been uh, in Australia our whole lives right. and had been involved in that ministry for a very long time until... Um, it was really kind of 2010, 2011. God really began to stir our hearts about moving to the states, and and we it was a it was a bit of a, a dichotomy for me because we actually didn't want to leave Melbourne. We love you know mm-hmm. Melbourne's an incredible. At that point, we're in Melbourne, and uh, just an incredible city. Love everything about it: the food, the lifestyle, and God, you know, starts stirring our hearts about going to Nashville, and you know Nashville's cool, but seven years ago. You know, yeah, it's changed a lot. It, it's changed a lot. I'm just going to say that, and so it, that both in culture and real estate prices. Oh my gosh, yes, <laughs> it's and and like weekend stuff now. I just heard the other day it is it's the most expensive city in the whole of the U.S. F- for a hotel weekend rate right Insane. now. So, side note, um, but you know, God really started stirring our hearts about moving and. You know, with that, we were like, God, you need to give us a plan, show us what we're going to do, and yeah. He was like. That's awesome, but I can't. You just need to trust me. And at that point, you know, I had been a, a worship pastor, a creative director, you know, at that point a producer and an engineer for a long time. There was no desire in me to move to another country and plant a church, especially in a city like Nashville where there were already, you know, literally almost more churches per head you know, than anywhere else in the States. Let me let me ask you this. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. When you when you started talking about feeling like Nashville's on your heart, yeah. was there misunderstanding of the motives of, because of the history surrounding music and worship? Yes. Yeah. There, how'd there, you deal with that? Um, you know, I think in those in those moments, you just got to let you really got to learn how to just let God take care of that stuff and vindicate. Not that there needs to be vindication, but yeah, you yeah. know, kind of make. You, you know, give people Make your the heart come through. Yeah, because you know, I think if there had been, and it's not to say that we weren't supported. There were definitely people around us that were like, "God's in this," right. um, and you know, we walked that journey with our pastors, and that was awesome. They released us, but even then, you know, I think when you've built something quite significant together, it's hard to say. You know what? These people are going to move on from here, and mm-hmm. they've been a big part of this, but. What, what God has for them in their future doesn't look like what we have in our future. And so that can be, you know, there's always going to be something that you got to figure out and walk through in, in that moment. Um, and I, I think there was a season where we realized we actually had to figure out in our hearts, are we doing this because we're, it's a good idea from other people or are we doing this because it's what God's got for us? Mm. And when he strips all the other opinions away or the other encouragement away, you quickly find out, you know, in that place in your heart of like, all right, God, is this you or is this not? You know, mm-hmm. and if, if it's you, we're just going to, you know, ignore the noise and, you know, not ignore wisdom, but we're going to, you know, we're going to see how you've been moving in this. And the re- reality was for a good two years leading up to that point, you know, and some people have varying you know, opinions about prophetic and yeah. understandings and all that sort of stuff. But for a good two years leading up to that time, 
almost every time Alex or I were away traveling, somebody that we didn't know who had no no way of even having any knowledge of our thought process about moving, somebody would come up and say, you know, I had a dream about you or God woke me up the other day or I was sitting in church and your screen, you know, your face came up on the screen promoting this week and in the moment God gave me a word for you and Mm. I can't tell you how many times it was confirmed that we were going to end up in the States. And so, you know, for us, when we went to up and, and sat with our pastors and just said, God's in, you know, he's been showing that he's in this, but we still want to find the most impossible thing that we can do. So if he does it, we'll just know. And so we, what most Americans don't know is that uh, every year the US government holds what they call the diversity visa lottery, aka the green card lottery. And it really, I mean, it's a lottery. It's like, you know, if you win that, it's it's a life change, you know. Um, So the year that we applied for that, it was 14 million people applied. They only opened 700 entries to Australians out of that 14 million. And then even when they, when they drew the lottery, we didn't get selected. And then a few days later, they emailed us and said, hey, we've messed up the whole lottery. We're going to cancel it and redraw it in three months' time. And then we got selected in the redraw. And so wow. it was this, you know, just this crazy, crazy time of going, God, we prayed for this. And you you shut this thing down because it's not an accident. You were actually like, I'm going to, you know, not to say that he did all of that just for us, but he definitely used all of that to show us I'm in this. And so we literally just came to Nashville actually saying to people, we don't know why we're here, but we just know that God sent us. And so, you know, we we just, all all I had, I mean, we sold almost everything we owned in Australia except our studio gear. And uh, I set up shop in the basement of our house and just started mixing records for people. And, and it really was through that that we started meeting all these, um, you know, creatives, artists, worship leaders, producers, musicians that spent a lot of their, you know, their time touring. Yeah. And for most of them, they're gone almost every weekend. And so even though there's, you know, a ton of amazing churches here in Nashville, almost every church meets at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning or 9 and 11 on a Sunday morning. And yeah. so a lot of these people just didn't have, you know, a local home church community mm-hmm. that they could go to church with their family every week. And so after about six months of just hearing story after story after story, and, and for Alex and I, having been in ministry positions for over 20 years and a lot poured into us, we were just naturally pouring into the people around us. Yeah, it's like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah. And so, you know, we... One day we're praying, obviously praying a lot, but one day just really felt, you know, this 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 real uh, thing, this real burden in our hearts for these people. And I remember just saying, God, someone needs to do something about this, mm. and just feeling that, you know, that gentle smile from heaven of like, yeah, it's and you. now you're starting yeah. to see. And yeah. I was so resistant. I was like, not me, you know. I'm a crazy creative as well. I don't want to be pastoring more people like me, you know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah. realizing, you know, that was part of God's God's plan, and so we just started opening up our home on a Tuesday night and. Invited a handful of friends, and, and it just grew and grew and grew from there. And within a year, we had 120 or 130 people meeting in our house every week. And wow. we were still, at that point, denying what it was yeah. because we understood the responsibility of pastoring a church. You yeah, know, you, you can't be in it for a short haul. Yeah, that's right. It's the, you know, it really is. And, and that's how we saw it. And yeah. it's not just the, you know, the commitment, but it's, it's, it is a big deal. I believe it's a big deal to shepherd people yeah. and help them grow closer to God and build community. And so... We actually, right before we launched as a church, we actually got offered a position. I got offered a, a worship pastor position out in California with someone who's been a hero of mine my whole life. Mm-hmm. 
and we flew out there and and um and it was it was, on paper it was an incredible opportunity yeah. you know great church and at that point we had didn't have a whole lot of money in the bank and uh we were like man you know everything about this looks good mm-hmm. plus it's by the ocean you yeah. know, it's california perfect weather none of this crazy natural humidity and yeah you know and then right in the last minute just that sense of of god saying it looks good but you just going back to what you had. I want to do something new. And are you willing to trust me? Did you really move all this way to just go back into what you're doing? Are you, or are you going to trust me? And so we just took a step of faith and said yes. And here we are. Here we are. Yeah, so from you know 160 people jammed in your basement to meeting at Rocket Town. And uh, I, was, I was blessed to actually be at some of the first gatherings there. And uh, we just finished conference at uh, the Municipal Auditorium in town. Yeah. And uh, great, great music, great artists, and you guys just released a new album. We'll talk about that in a minute. But but it's not normal for people who have booking agents and managers and record labels to serve. I, I would say I won't say it's not normal for them to serve. I would say it's not normal for them to borderline not want to be on tour yeah. to serve a church <laughs> and that's the culture that's been created and yeah. and i don't say it's a na- name drop but i want to say this to give people context for who don't know worship leaders like carrie job cody carnes um meredith andrews ben Canelon, fellow canadian uh you got mia and you know just the other night danny Goki was leading worship and um some guy from american idol sang a song uh yeah. on mother's clark day Beckham. yeah yeah clark Beckham. that's right um but I mean, there's just this this hodgepodge yeah. of artists from all different backgrounds mm. that are part of the team and serving. And my question for you <laughs> is: is how do you manage <laughs> that many personalities and yeah. that many artists? Yeah, I mean, it, I think we just view everybody as people. We all. At the core of it, we all just need Jesus. You know, we we do, and some of us to varying degrees. You know, uh, of of you know in that situation, and so I think for us, there's there's I don't know. For me, I, I've never I, I'm not someone that gets enamored by personality. I yeah. think I just I respect and I you know admire um, people you know, for who they are and, and well-known people and, and not so well-known people. But, you know, I, I love to just see what God's doing in somebody's life. And, and yeah. that to me is, is really exciting. And so I think for me, when I see someone that's that's well-known, I, I don't see them in a different light. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see the gift on their life and I see the opportunity. But I also have been around long enough and been in this world long enough to realize that with that sense of responsibility and that expectation, there is a huge burden on those people that usually is overlooked. Mm. Um, you know, how they're dealing with life on the inside and all that sort of stuff. And so that's that's what we found, especially in the early days in the basement, was we wound up with a lot of those people because they everywhere else that they would go, you know, people would be calling on them for their name and what they could carry and what they could do for them. And so we realized that, man, if, ever, if that's what's happening everywhere else, then they need a safe place where they can actually just show up. And it's not about their stage name mm-hmm. or their stage, you know, uh, situation. It's, this is about their heart. Well, any, anywhere else, I mean, I used to say in Canada, um, like when we were doing Young Adults in Canada, um, all I had to do was throw an Instagram post out on Monday that Martin Smith was leading worship Sunday yeah. night. 
and the place would be packed. Yeah, that's right. And and you could do that every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and you don't. You don't no. know. You don't know who you're getting. And no. and the funny thing is, there's people who lead worship there, who hold influence in worlds yeah. that are outside the church. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, writers for Jonas Brothers. And, yeah. Um, indie pop artists. Yeah, and that, we've got film and TV. Like some yeah. of our worship leaders, you know, probably most of our church wouldn't even realize that, you know, they're out there leading worship. But you, you're hearing their songs on, you know, TV commercials yeah. and some of the biggest, you know, up and coming shows Football and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, all and all this stuff. massive stuff. But that's just the, their world of influence. And it's honestly what we believe that the church at large should be. You know, we should be able to uh, come together as mm-hmm. a body and, and, it's not about the name or the face on the stage. When we come together, yeah. we come together for one reason. That's to lift up the name of Jesus. That's the right. whole reason that we're there. And that's the conversation that we've had uh, you know, with our team. That's the heartbeat behind our team. And so we absolutely celebrate who they are and what they do in their you know, circles outside of church. But when we come together for church, we, we all of us, Alex and I, we leave those things at the door in the sense of you know what whatever we need to do to get people's eyes on jesus that's why we're here and that and that i think really has been the heartbeat of everybody and everybody walks in the same entrance yeah and everyone checks their kids in the kids ministry in the same lineup yeah yeah and um you know i I just think that that's so so powerful and what is it that um you know when it comes to artists like is there a temptation that you ever fight to start I don't want to say using using's the wrong word but where you start start to go oh no 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 they they are this person before they're the worship leader like how yeah. how do you how do you separate sort of the gift from the person yeah. in in a daily walk what are yeah. what are some ways that that plays itself out yeah i i mean i think again everybody i believe everybody in life has a gift you yeah. know some people's gift is going to bring them you know before a handful of people other people's gifts going to take them you know on a world stage That's good. but at at the end of the day it's still a gift from god so yeah. our gift is not our own it's just ours to steward from god and the reality is he could he could take it away and give it to someone else tomorrow if he wanted to which is not how he operates with us. He actually gives us gifts because he wants to see how mm-hmm. we can steward them for his sake. But at the end of the day, we're, we're not dealing with people's gifts. We're dealing with people's heart. And that's just, they're the conversations that we're constantly having with people of like, you know, let's take the opportunities out of this. Let's take the, you know, the, the notoriety out of this. Let's just deal with what's going on in your life right now. Because if, if we can't get that stuff figured out, we, you know, we, we've talked about this quite a bit, I guess, internally, but, you know, the whole integrity versus anointing, you know, we, we look at people's lives and we see the anointing on their life mm-hmm. and we think, well, that's what makes the person. But actually the anointing is the gift from God. Mm-hmm. The opportunity is the gift from God. But it's our integrity that actually gives the foundation yeah. um, to, for, that in, for that anointing to, to rest on. And if the anointing exceeds the integrity, then at some point the foundation is going to crack and crumble and, you know, everything you have is going to fall to the ground and so that's the stuff that we are really you know we really with our team focus on you know how what's 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 your life like the character the integrity of your life you know we we don't have just we don't have people on our stage because they're gifted we have people on our stage because they actually carry something because their life is not perfect but their life is at a level of maturity in in jesus and so we have some incredibly gifted 
people in our church, but they're still on a journey. And so at some yeah. point they might be on the stage or not. And, you know, the reality is Clark, who, uh, you know, was singing at Mother's Day, incredibly gifted person. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we asked him to, to serve in the parking lot when he first came to church. And he was like, whatever you need from me. You know, yeah. so he serves in kids. He serves in the prayer team, parking lot. And then he'll get on the stage as well sometimes. Danny Gokey was the same way. He was, like, he was like, actually, I spend my whole life on stage. I would love to serve in another area in the church. And so mm. for the first two years, Danny Gokey would be out there with a, you know, with a parking stick, you know, one, directing people, you know, and through that having the opportunity to minister to people in the parking lot just one-on-one you know I, I think that's the thing we've really tried to take the stigma out of this thing that the stage is a big deal that gifting is a big deal that opportunity is the big deal really your heart is the big deal and that's yeah. what we want to get to you know it's it's um talent will will without um character you know that, that's been my my prayer lately and yeah. going like even even this year, I shared about it on the on one of our previous episodes, but just taking the summer off to going, God, give me the character yeah. that that would uh, allow me to carry greater anointing because God will God will not be mocked. No, He won't, and no. uh, and He will not allow. Yeah. And He's actually so graceful yeah. with us that um, He often doesn't give us platforms and stages that we're not ready yeah. to steward well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think it's awesome. And one of the things I I really appreciate, and it's kind of where we're gonna we're gonna close off, is you guys released a new album recently called On Wonder. Um, I'm getting that right. That's correct. Okay, I I should know that. Uh, <laughs> You're a good man. I got I got great notes here apparently. <laughs> um, and before that, you guys had released a uh, previous record as well. And um. I, I was talking to uh, Andrew Holt, who's the worship pastor, about this, and he said something really interesting. He goes, I believe um, every church should aim to write music yeah. for their house. Yeah. But he said, I don't know if every church is called to make an album. Yeah. And I thought that was so profound and yeah. simple. Yeah. And what made you guys go, I think this is... Not the logical next step in the advancement yeah. of yeah. our name, yeah. But this is the logical next step for our house, yeah. Yeah, that, that's um, that's it's been an interesting journey. Obviously, coming from a church back in Australia where we, I think, I produced maybe twenty records by the time I'd left, and they've done a ton more since then. Um, but I've also, you know, been in, involved in a lot of, you know, different worship records and different worship movements um, over the years. So even when we started meeting together in the basement. Um, I just very early on, second or third time we gathered, I just felt this gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit just saying, be prepared. Mm. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And he's like, you figure that out. Just be prepared. And so we actually started, we just started recording every week from all the way back in the basement. And at some point I probably should go through and, you know, that's a whole other story. We might release a, you know, Basement Days worship collection or something. Who knows? Oh, man, man a living room album. Yeah. I mean, got it. it all there. But, you know, when we when we first started as a church, people were like, so when are you going to do an album? And I'm like, listen, that's not even on the cards. You know, that's yeah. not on the table at all. We're just going to love God and we're going to, we're just going to keep pressing into God and we're going to see, you know, what what God begins to speak to us about as a, as a community mm-hmm. and, you know, then do our best if the opportunity arises, do our best to just put voice to that. My part of my hesitation, honestly, was the fact that here in Nashville, 
especially in the early days, a good portion of our church. That's what they did for a job. Their right. job, you know, is day in, day out, write songs and go through, you know, and, and amazing songs and part of some significant worship movements around the country with mm-hmm. their songwriting. And so I was a little hesitant to, you know, to come into this and just say, hey, let's do what everyone else is doing already. Um, but then it, it became apparent really just through our worship um moments in church that these songs would just begin to flow out and so you know on the first record there's a song called greater than all and the the chorus of it it was just something i started singing at the end of a ministry time at church mm-hmm. and and we had that that chorus that i thought was a bridge and we would just every now and then we just go back into it and sing it and it became a bit of a thing and you know then we moved on to other things and then when we were when i realized we had enough songs or close to enough songs for a record god was like this is what you need to build on is mm-hmm. is the moments that came from church. So the the bridge of fall, I'm pretty sure, came from a moment in church. You know, all these songs actually came from moments in church that we just then took and gave some framework to. And so it really has been just the overflow of what God's doing in our house. And even down to recording them. You know, we've both the albums so far have been recorded over three or four different nights you know, throughout the year at different events or different, mm-hmm. you know, worship nights at church because I just don't like, I, I don't love the idea of saying, hey, we've got all these songs, let's try and manufacture some really great worship moments all in one night so it all looks perfect on camera. So let's and have a lot of pressure on everyone. Yeah, Get it right. Like nobody, you know, <laughs> nobody's in working at their best. Well, some people will, but I don't, yeah. I'm not at my best in that, you know. And so even, you know, this last record, when we started mixing, people were like, so when are we going to start recording for the album? And we're like, oh, we're already mixing. You know, yeah. like people didn't even know that no, we had been, because it's, you, we just want this to be an overflow of what God's doing. And so it's just not been a pressure thing at all. We're not trying to, we're not trying to build this thing of, you know, not to say that we wouldn't ever tour, we may, and we have done a few dates out in the road, but we're really, we're not trying to build the Belonging Co. as a worship band, mm-hmm. you know, to be the next such and such. We really are, it's just an extension of what God's doing in our house here in Nashville. And the reality is, too, um, you've got you've got to wear many hats yeah. as, as, you know, not only the guy kind of producing, leading um, this, you know, the worship movement, but but there's so many other pastoral hats yeah. and then there's the dad hat <laughs> there is and the husband hat and then there's like your personal time yeah and so you know you add touring and you add yeah. all those things to it it yeah actually I kind of thought about this today it's like burnout happens mm. when you focus your energy and time on things God hasn't graced you to yes, do absolutely because yeah. yeah you'll never God will always give you the strength yeah um, you'll always feel overwhelmed, but he'll always give you the strength and won't yeah. ever destroy you. But when no. you feel destroyed, that's that's yeah. usually when you're doing too much. I want to talk a little bit about the album. The album's called On Wonder. There are incredible worship leaders uh, featured on there. Um, Carrie Job, Natalie Grant, Cody Carnes. Uh, Meredith Andrews is on there, and then um, Daniela Mason, yeah. who's a, who's more in the pop scene. Yeah, who just uh, I love her voice. She is incredible and so anointed. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because you you listen to their music outside of this and go, oh gosh, I didn't yeah. know like that yeah. was on their life yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is she's a beast. She's awesome. And then like 
you know, the, and then they're they're the ones that just made the album. Like yeah. the other worship yeah. leaders, like Danny Gokey, yeah. Ben Cantillon, yeah. Mia Fields, that, that aren't even on there, yeah. and um, part of the community. So um, it's an amazing, amazing album. Just tell me a little bit about um, about why Odd Wonder is special to you guys as a church and to you personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why it's special to us, mostly because these really are the songs of our house that, you know, over the last year or 18 months, they've been the songs that our church has, you know, consistently come back to. Uh, they've been the songs that I know for me personally, so many of them have been moments that are, you know, that I've encountered God as we've worshipped yeah. together in church. And, um, you know, and I think they are, you know, there's this beautiful sense of, of um, you know, creative and musical diversity in it, mm-hmm. um, where it's not just kind of one sound through the whole album. It's one of, one of the things that I love about, you know, what God's doing in our house and that it isn't, it's not just a representation of the nine or ten worship leaders that are on this record. And this is what I said to our team even on the on the launch night. I was like, this, you know, they they may have been the ones on the field, you know, for the for the winning goal. Yeah. But it's it's a culmination of the entire team together, and that's hundreds of us here. Yeah. You know, in our house. And so I, I love that there's a real sense of, you know, we're just in this together. Um, mm-hmm. And whoever, you know, whoever just happens to have a mic in their hand or whoever was happening to lead when God was moving in a moment, that's cool. We're all here to support that and be part of yeah, that. Yeah, you're not like a coach looking at the at the roster board and go, okay, we're going to put uh, no. Cody Carnes at left field and no, it's Carey really at not center. That at all. <laughs> yeah. no. And people are like, you know, always trying to figure out the plan with it and, you know, people from outside, and how did you do this and why did you do this? And I'm like, it's really not that complicated. I'm, I'm not that much of a complicated person. Yeah. I'm like... Like, let's just see where God's moving and roll with it. And so that's why, you know, there's different worship leaders on this album to what there were on the first. Yeah. And, and the next will be the same because this is just continually evolving and, and growing and expanding. And, you know, and, and hopefully there'll be even some different things that we're able to do alongside of it along the way. Um, but, I, you know, I just I love the, the heartbeat of these songs. And they, there's a lot of very personal moments, I think, that people have invested their mm-hmm. heart and their experience in these songs. And also, you know, being out of just declare some things over people's lives. You know, yeah. we believe in God for breakthrough uh, in people's lives and, you know, that sort of stuff. And so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I love it. I just I love what God's doing in our team. I'm, I'm a little bit in awe of our team, to be honest. So, yeah, he's certainly doing something special. And, um, and I'm really just grateful for the church and the movement and the songs. Um, I just want to ask you just as we close this, because we, we do get a lot of young musicians mm. and young, uh, people who who want to hear from artists that they yeah. look up to what would you say to the um the young worship pastor or the young worship leader right now who's going oh i i want to i want to create an album like that yeah and then yeah. and then maybe we can tour it and then yeah. what, what would you say to the person who's trying to figure out who has dreams yeah yeah i think look i think we all have dreams i think god more than anything else god loves his church and that is the thing that I believe is his delivery mechanism of his presence to this world. Mm-hmm. And so if I could encourage you with anything, I believe faithfulness in the house of God 
is the foundation for God to do significant things in your life because in the house of God is where, you know, you get tested, you get tried, you get, you know, you find patience, you get expanded in your character, you get expanded in your gift set. You know, you also get expanded through being asked to do things that you really don't want to do, but that's where God actually expands you. There's so many things that, you know, have become such big wins in my life that started out from moments where I was like, I don't feel like I'm ready for this or I don't feel like I'm equipped for this or I'm right. not gifted enough for this. But because I was I was just willing to say yes and be faithful and obedient in those moments, I believe God has just, you know, kept opening up things for us to be part of because he's realized we've not made it about ourselves. It's not this end goal of how do we make ourselves look good. Yeah. It really is how do we just be part of God's kingdom here on earth. And so I would really encourage you if you're, you know, wherever you're at, if you've been in church for a year or you've been in church for 20 years, God, faithfulness, God always rewards faithfulness. He always does. And uh, sometimes it doesn't come in the rewards that we're looking for, but it always comes in what's right from him. And so let me just stir you to just don't grow weary in, in doing good and being faithful and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and uh, and just realize you're not in competition with anyone else. I think this is where a lot of people, you know, you, you kind of m- mentioned burnout before, but I think this is where a lot of people, they struggle to switch off because they're always feeling like I've got to do more to look like this or more right. to sound like that or our ministry needs to have this or that and, and realize that, you know, sometimes we can be so busy mm-hmm. thinking that we're doing stuff for the kingdom but sometimes it's actually just stuff just for, for our, ourselves. And not that there's anything wrong with doing some things along the way for yourself, but if, 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 the, if the driving force of that is out of, really out of insecurity, then that is going to lead you to burnout. And so we, even with our staff in this season, you know, we give our staff Friday and Saturday off. I haven't met many other churches or been in many other churches where their team actually takes two days off, but I just mm-hmm. believe you know our team should have a have a weekend yeah and so when we show up on sunday our team's rested and i've said to our team if there are things that you know we want to do there's all the the reality is there's always going to be more vision than there is resource and that's okay we don't have to put into play everything that we have vision for in the moment yeah it's important to be able to acknowledge you know what this is maybe something for the future but if we're going to if we're going to burn out our resource, there won't be a future. So right. let's just get that stuff figured out. So, Man, it's good. There's there's a few quotable things there that we're definitely going to be posting <laughs> on our social media. And I want to encourage you to make sure uh, to follow uh, The Belonging Co. It's I believe it's TB Co. Worship on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, the church is The Belonging, the Belonging Co. Belonging Co. on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and if you're visiting Nashville, come yeah. come visit us on a Sunday. Uh, yeah. Or a Tuesday night. Or on a Tuesday night. So Tuesday yeah. nights at 7.30. Yep. Rocket Town. Sundays, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 4, 4 p.m. Yes. And uh, and definitely do that if you if you want to say hi to me I'll be at the 11 a.m. service we are we are 11 a.m. faithfuls usually so um, but hey we're gonna close this podcast as we always do with the song and so we are gonna take a listen to Smoke and Mirrors off the latest album On Wonder from The Belonging Co. This is Josh McCabe here with Henry Seeley. Thanks so much for hanging out. Thanks for letting me, letting me be here. I appreciate it, man. Well, this is Smoke and Mirrors, The Belonging Co. Worship. Check it out. All 
right, there you have it. There's my conversation with Henry Seeley, The Belonging Co., Nashville, Tennessee. Their new album is called Awe and Wonder. You can get it everywhere now. Their record before that is called All the Earth. Equally as good. You'll really enjoy it. Make sure to go check that out. We also have a playlist featuring a lot of the songs we talked about in this episode. So make sure that you click the link in the show notes for that. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my name is Josh McCabe. I am the host of Overflow Beyond the Music. We will see you again real soon. Mm-hmm.